Hello, and welcome back to Goat Homeschooling with Erin and Amanda. Today, we have a very special guest, Christina Carpenter, and she is another local-ish homeschool mom. She lives outside of the Casey area in Springfield, and she is a really neat lady that we are very excited to get to know a little bit better, kind of been Facebook stalking her a little bit. (laughs) She has a great conference coming up called Bloom and Blossom, and we're going to talk to her a little bit about how that all got started and her journey in homeschooling. Welcome to Goat Homeschooling with Erin and Amanda. I'm Erin. And I'm Amanda. This is the podcast to encourage moms that have been at this homeschooling gig longer than five years and plan on sticking with it through the high school years. The long haulers, as we like to say. We want to help you have the greatest of all time homeschool that meets the needs of your family by encouraging you with real conversations on the issues that pop up as you've been in this homeschool lifestyle for years. So it'll be fun to try and see if there's people out there that need the encouragement and there's anything that we can do to help others as they get started on their journey that'd be awesome that's what we're here for say hello christina hey thank you so much for having me i'm honestly humbled by the opportunity thank you You are very welcome. Well, when I first heard about your conference, I was super stoked because I just love, I mean, Amanda and I have talked a lot about just some of us seasoned homeschool moms and just taking what we know and helping other moms that are either getting started or are in the same boat, just encouraging them. And that really sounds a lot like what your ministry is. You want to start off by telling us a little bit about yourself? Sure. So my name is Christina Carpenter. Um, I have four kiddos. Um, They are 14, 10, 9, and 7. I did have three in diapers at one time. That was a lot, but I'm (laughs) here standing, smiling today. Girl, boy, boy, girl. I've been home educating for about 11 years now. Even saying that sounds wild. That is, yeah. (laughs) It's hard to believe. Amanda and I, I think are at 10 years. Amanda couldn't remember last time we talked about it. This is our ninth, this is my ninth year. Yeah, somewhere in there. Cool. We're like the veteran moms now. Yeah. Yeah. I guess. That's so weird. <laughs> it's so weird to think yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. So what made you decide to choose homeschooling for your family? Um, okay. So this is kind of a funny story. I actually also happen to be a home education coach. And so this always comes up whenever I'm, you know, either doing like public speaking or meeting with the client. Like I actually did not even know that home education existed. I'm from Washington State. And I literally did not know a single person that was homeschooled. I moved here when I was about 20 and I met my, um, one of my best friends. She's actually like all my logistics coordinator, set designer. She likes to make things perfect. So perfect friend. And she was like, yeah, her, her little girl is a little older than mine my oldest. And she was like, yeah, so I'm going to homeschool. And I was like, you can do that. Like, even <laughs> you know, that was a thing. And so it was right then and there, actually, my daughter was 10 months old and I was like, I'm going to do that. Awesome. My main motivation behind that was a relationship and just like holistically um, investing in her as a person. Mm -hmm. I felt like nobody else would do as good of a job as me, honestly, because like I'm, I'm the most invested in her. Nobody will be more invested than me as her mother. Very true. Mm -hmm. Very true. So your daughter's 10 months old, you decide to start homeschooling and then you've had more and more babies. How did that look uh, early on for you? Okay. So at one time I had seven, three, two, and a newborn. 
And my younger three are a little bit more on the feral wild side. And I love that about them. <laughs> they, that's just who they are. They're the ones that are scaling the playground area and stuff like that. So it was a lot when they were little, but you know what? I just, I just went with it and, you know, I did stuff when the baby napped and I will say that there are a lot of times that I had unmet expectations. And so I was lacking a lot of joy during some of that season because of my own uh, unmet expectations. And so that's part of like when I'm coaching people like, you know, who are specifically in that season, you know, just talking about be present in your dynamic right now, because Mm -hmm. it really will change pretty quickly, honestly. Right. So what do you say our homeschool style is? What would you say? Okay. So it's kind of like a Starbucks order. I would would say that I primarily, um, that I primarily approach my kids from a classical model, understanding the maturation of their brain and knowing what things they're going to be able to understand and having those simple objectives, you know, per their maturation of their brain. But then I would also, you know, have a huge splash of Charlotte Mason. Um, I just love, you know, the, the truth and the beauty and the goodness and the nature and, you know, just having living books and stuff like that. And then I would honestly say that I've become more, I used to be just like a pinch of unschooling, but I'm going to say that lately it feels like a dash. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like that's kind of the trend. You know, when you start out homeschooling, you have a very specific style you think that you're going to be. And then when you sit down to actually work with the kids that first day, you realize that's completely out the window. (laughs) And, uh, you know, a lot of the moms that I talked to that have homeschooled for any amount of time do have a little bit of unschooly thrown in there for good measure. Just, you know, just by, it just happened. That's very cool. The unschooling increases as our, as our confidence grows, you know, the unschooling just kind of blossoms with it. Yeah. Well, not just that, like I started to, it kind of went back to my vision and my mission. Like, why am I doing this? And so when I was being so staunch on like, no, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. I was not actually like, what was my objective? You know what I mean? Like if he wants to learn about DNA and I'm over here, like we're learning about birds, like, why am I not letting him learn mm-hmm. about DNA? Like what, why not? You know what I mean? And so, um, it just become more of like, what is the real reason that I'm doing this? And is he still learning, you know, and then also mm-hmm. understanding that, you know, all subjects integrate anyways, you know, DNA animal plant cells. That's what a bird exactly. is. Exactly. 100%. Just go with it and integrate stuff. So mm-hmm. that's what I like. Yeah. I love that. So your homeschool is going well, well enough that you're homeschool coaching. That's exciting. Do you want to talk a little bit about that and how that got started or? Yeah. So it's just so ironic again, considering that I didn't even know home education existed, but I will say that over the years, I've had a really solid vision Uh, My mission may have changed, but my vision has been pretty solid. And so I would honestly say if somebody were to be like, are you successful? First of all, success is subjective, but I would absolutely say yes. And I would say it's because my vision is so solid. And so as I've been watching people over the years that have had some of these struggles and stuff like that, I've noticed that not having a really strong vision to cling to when life gets messy can be kind of hard. And it depletes your joy. And especially when you're feeling you're pouring out, because let's be honest, ladies, home education is a labor of love. It really is. <laughs> yes. Really yeah. is. The fruit is absolutely sweet, but it is a labor of love. 
And so that just, it honestly just kind of fell into my lap where I've, I've already kind of been talking with people over the years about home educating because it's always been a passion of mine. But really, it started ramping up around the pandemic time because so many people knew that I did it, that people like I have a like I have like my own account for it. And so I would always be posting stuff. And so, so many people would be reaching out to me or they would send their friends to me. So then I started having like workshops and then people like really were like, literally, I will pay you to sit down and, and do this. And the best part about this is, is I had just told my friends like two months ago, I was like, I really wish that I could just like help people home educate and like, it'd be my job. And they were like looking at me like, oh, okay. Like that's not a thing. Well, look at this now. (laughs) (laughs) That's so cool. Yeah. You know, I talked to my husband a lot about that too, because I I do have experience, you know, we're on our 10th year. So, you know, Malcolm Gladwell's book, you know, talking about 10,000 hours to make you an expert. Well, I think we're all experts in homeschooling by this point, (laughs) at least for our own homeschool. So yeah, I told, I think that's awesome that you're putting yourself out there and that you were willing to do that because, you know, some women would look at that as people asking and see that as like a, a burden or, you know, what do I know about homeschooling? And I just, I love your confidence in that. And I just, it's encouraging to see other homeschool moms putting themselves out there for their local communities. I think that that's so wonderful. So then that's grown now to, you've got your bloom and blossom conference. So you want to talk a little bit about what's coming up in the next couple of weeks? Yes. Okay. So real quick to speak to that confidence, I guess that's because back to my vision being so strong. Like I know this doesn't have to be perfect, but I have to be intentional. And so that's where the confidence comes from. I did kind of struggle with that a little bit. Like, what do I know about this? But like, I do know I have the personal experience to go with it. So, and then that led into the conference a few years ago, I felt led to put on a conference. And honestly, I am a, I'm a strong bold personality. I like challenges. And I felt like when that was like impressed upon me, I was like, wait, what? (laughs) I also don't like to fail. I do not like to fail. Mm -hmm. And then I started thinking, well, failure is subjective. Like if I didn't do this, then that would be failing because that was something that I was called to do. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to do it. And so I put my first conference on in the middle of a pandemic and a snowstorm. It was, (laughs) it was great. (laughs) It was really great. And so we have our second one coming up. It's on April 2nd. No snowstorm, hopefully, but it is Missouri. So, you know, you never know, but I'm super excited about that. Very cool. So you've got a great lineup of speakers. What kind of goes into the planning of this? How do you feel like, yeah, just talk about that a little bit, I guess. Planning, what the, the purpose of it is, who you hope to see there and all of those things. Got it. Okay. So The real mission behind this is to encourage, equip, and empower mothers. This is a conference specifically for mothers because the conference focuses on motherhood and home education. So those are two hats that we wear at the same time. We don't take off our motherhood one and then put on our teacher hat, you know, they're on at the same time. And so I saw a need for moms to be poured into a lot of times we're just pouring ourselves out. And so I saw that need. And so as far as like the planning goes, um, there's a lot, (laughs) a lot of planning, but, um, this year, um, it's also really important to me to, to be community-based and not just like in my own local community. So I actually have people coming from several States away too, because I want, I want everybody to be able to come community, meaning more of like, we all home educate 
We all may mm-hmm. do it a little differently, but we're on this journey together. I want moms to feel seen in their season. I want them to feel heard and I want them to leave feeling encouraged and empowered to be able to just be able to continue to pour into their children. Excellent. I love that. So what would you tell other moms that are homeschooling that feel like they want to give back to their community? How could they get started in that? Or what would be the first thing that you would say? If you see a need, fill it. And if that might not be in your season right now, then that's okay too. Don't take too much on your plate, but maybe just do it in small scale. Cause I I happen to be visionary where I like, I like everything to be like big and grand. And so I, I sometimes even have to be like, okay, Christina, be realistic. And so, <laughs> mm-hmm. I do that. I have a go big or go home is something yeah. that I say a lot and I bite off more than I can chew. Yeah. I Tell her how that. many chickens you have, Amanda. Oh, you don't want to know. A <laughs> <laughs> uh, hundred now. Yeah. About a hundred. Yeah. I'm crazy. I'm insane. Yeah. It's official. Mm-hmm. I, <laughs> I would honestly say to them like, if you're a community needs a nature group, make one. If they need an art group, make one. If that's your thing, you know, whatever it is. And a lot of times that's inspired by what our kids are interested in. You know, if mm-hmm. they have something um, in that area that your kids are interested in, then, you know, go ahead and go ahead and fill the need. But again, keep, be mindful that it doesn't have to be large scale. It could just be, you know, something small, get some friends together and do it. If that would be a better fit. Um, I host book clubs. I've been doing that for about three or four years now. I'm writing a book on that. And um, I love that, but it's small scale. I don't have 75 people over at my house to do this book club. You know, it's just a few people. Um, Each of my kids, they have their own little group and, you know, we just do it together. I saw a need for, you know, a time for fellowship and good literature and, you know, food. (laughs) Yes, of course. (laughs) Erin does that. She's been known to do those book clubs at seven o'clock in the morning on a Saturday that I don't attend because I'm not out of bed then. (laughs) Oh goodness. Yeah, I agree. I love that. Seeing a need, trying to meet it if the season allows, that's so practical. And, you know, even Amanda, she saw that need a couple of years ago and started her own little co-op at her house. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I think it's just, you're so right. What, what the kids are interested in, if there's not something that's already available, it's, it is, I want to say easy, but I know for some people that might be a really big, like, oh my goodness, can I even do this? But um, yeah, start small. One other family would be great. You know, if you're meeting a need or you're talking to another mom. So what other tips might you have for homeschooling for the long haul? For the long haul, I have a few of them. The first one is remembering that motherhood is a sanctifying journey and it focuses on growth and intentionality. So when you have that at the forefront and knowing that you're going to go into this, expect growth and expect that you have to show up and be intentional. Um, Your investment level is paramount when you're doing things like this for the long haul. Also, I would say, keep your relationship first. A lot of times people are just checking boxes and they're like, okay, Latin done. I don't know if you guys do Latin. I just picked something hard, but um, (laughs) science done, language arts done. And you lose a lot of the joy in that. So make sure that you're focusing on the relationship and be present. Remember that your kids' emotional and educational needs will change and that's okay. A lot of times we want to focus 
um, and hold on to things. And so I always tell my clients when you're, when you're approaching a, a season change or you're looking at a different program or you're looking at a different curriculum, keep in mind, is this good or is this life-giving? Is this something that's just going to good be good and satisfy a need? Or is it going to be life-giving where you're going to see your kids and your family thrive? That's great. Yeah, that is really Amanda, good. Do you, yeah. Do you have any I was other just, questions? I wrote down motherhood is a sanctifying journey. Like, uh, that's just wonderful. I think I'm going to make a meme out of it and post oh. it on our page. Like, I just think that's awesome. <laughs> like, we need yeah. to like tattoo that on our foreheads or something, you yes. know, um, <laughs> that's, that's amazing. Yeah, Christina, this is awesome. I speak on these things a lot. Yeah. So I just love the fact that you put yourself out there. I know I keep saying that, but it's just so important. I feel like for other moms to see other moms who are doing it and doing it in a way that's not unapproachable or just like, you know, sometimes these Instagram worthy homeschool rooms and things like that are just very intimidating, especially if you're starting out or maybe even in the case of like us, we've been doing this for a while. And I see like a lot of newer homeschool moms that get these perfect setups going and they're just starting out and they're so energetic in that. And it can kind of make some of us homeschool moms feel like, gosh, maybe I should have done more of that when my kids were little. And and that comparison game can kind of start coming into your head and uh, sometimes pulling back from social media can be a really good thing for homeschool moms. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Like homeschooling in the age of social media? (laughs) Oh my goodness. Yes. Okay. So Bloom and Blossom is also combined with authentic join the journey. That's more of the personal coaching side of it. And then, like I said, Bloom and Blossom is the event. But one of the reasons, if if you go to my authentic join the journey page, you will see pretty raw pictures. Like I wanted my journey to look exactly, I mean, they're, you know, they're filtered and, you know, angled to look nice, but for the most part, (laughs) you know what I mean? This is real, not like picture perfect, you know, and that's okay because this is authentic joy in the journey. And so when we start comparing and looking at all these other things that are on social media, that's what I always uh, try to tell people go back to that good or life-giving because people tend to copy and compare like, Oh, well, they're doing this. I need that too, but that might not work for you in your season and your dynamic. Or what if your house doesn't not leave room for you to have a home education room and that's okay. It really is. And to be honest, most people don't end up there anyways. It's just a storage of the things. <laughs> <laughs> that is so true. <laughs> just call the library and move on. Yeah, that's the library. Yeah, exactly. That's where we put all of our crap. It's the library. <laughs> I did do my school room though, and I'm very excited. Um, I basically got rid of a bunch of stuff because my kids are, you know, moving into a more dialectic phase and I made it more of like a pretty room that like I would want to sit in and, you know, and mm-hmm. plants and I haven't killed them yet. It's great. I'm so excited. <laughs> yes. Yeah, let us know when you, when you kill the plants. Ladies, it's been a few months. I'm very, <laughs> very proud of myself. <laughs> there needs to be an award for that because I feel like I killed all the plants. I mean, aloe died in my home and <laughs> how does that happen? I'm with you. Yeah. We just got a bigger bookshelf from Ikea because my husband's always like, can't you get rid of any of this? No, I have a four-year-old who hasn't started yet. So I have to keep everything for at least 12 more years. (laughs) And I needed more storage. So I have this great bookshelf. And in the meantime, my basement is completely destroyed with like all of the things that I've taken from the other parts of the house. So I can condense and see what I can get rid of or put into storage. And it's, it's a total disaster right now, if I'm being honest, it's just really looks like a tornado went through. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's, that's 
That's fair. That's how my upstairs looks right now because I made the downstairs all look pretty and then I just shoved it up there and I'm like, I'll put it away later. Uh-huh. Yes. It is totally a shifting of the things I feel like. Mm-hmm. Well, we just, we did our schoolroom and put a day bed in there for my in-laws to be able to stay in the schoolroom when they come to visit. And now the bed is completely covered in books, my seed packets for the garden, like all the books that I had, I pulled out that I'm looking at for maybe doing next year. And then the books that I bought that we will do next year, like there's not really a place for that because we're not starting next year yet. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, it's, you don't want to see it. It's a bad. bed, all the books, seed yeah. packets. Where's the coffee? Sounds good. Right. <laughs> I need a coffee maker. Like I need like an espresso machine in the corner or something. Yeah. But my in-laws, they can't come visit right now. Like they, they can't, it's just not going to happen. So <laughs> maybe by the time they want to come back, I'll have it cleaned up. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe they'll have to maybe. sleep on books. Yeah. You'll just have to shift it to the floor or something. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so they can trip over it in the middle of the night on the way to the bathroom. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, because that is the reality of homeschooling. You end up with books on every surface. Right. I mean, yes. for sure. Yeah. I actually had a friend tell me, um, she was like, so Christina, like you decorate with books. I'm like, doesn't everybody? Like- <laughs> uh-huh, yeah. I got the Christmas books at Christmas time and those are your decorations. The mm-hmm. spring books. No, those are your decorations. So I'm okay with that. Oh, I love that. <laughs> I, yeah. I see nothing wrong here. So your signups have closed, right? Like, so everybody that's going to go is going. Yes, I did end up closing uh, registration um, actually a few hours early because we hit capacity. And so I'm really excited about that. Um, not capacity so much for the building, but for as many people that I wanted to go ahead and attend mm-hmm. this year. I'm still wanting it to be like a personal personalized thing and there's a lot that goes into it on my side because of that um like I have like special desserts and I'm very excited about that and so just making sure that I can plan ahead of time you know for the amount of people that are coming and and things like that so for what is your capacity sorry what is your capacity for it like what's your right now uh it's 250 ish wow okay wow awesome that'll be great yeah for your second year having 250 people it's amazing yeah, it was uh, similar last year, which I was really shocked about. A lot of people actually, the people that weren't able to attend last year, a lot of it was illness related or there was a snowstorm. So I had people messaging me being like, I'm stuck in my driveway. So, yeah. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Well, I feel yeah. like that's that's really um, evidence of having the need, fulfilling the need and seeing that to fruition. You know, like obviously there is a need for that because you have, such a tremendous response to it. And, um, because of that, I see that really growing and that'll be, um, even bigger next year. You might need a bigger facility, you know, so plan ahead yeah. for that. Yeah, I know. And we, we may definitely. Um, one of my favorite things too, is because community is so important to me. All the local vendors are like local home educating families for the most part. There's a few that are not. And so therefore it's like being poured back, like the money and stuff, you know, it's being poured back into the community of other That's home great. families. That is so cool. So how can um, our listeners reach you or find you on social media or for your expertise in homeschooling? We would love to have people connect with you outside of this podcast. Yeah. So you can find me at Authentic Joy in the Journey on Facebook or Instagram. And then on Facebook, you can find it's Bloom and Blossom. And on Instagram, it's Bloom and Blossom Conference. 
Excellent. Are you there? So yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us. I've really enjoyed our conversation and getting to know you a little bit better. And we will be praying for your conference to go well. I know it's coming up and this is crunch time for the last little bits that need to be sorted out. Um, and we'll just be praying for all the ladies that are in attendance and yeah, we're excited for you. Yeah. Thanks for coming on. I appreciate you guys so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening today. We hope you'll subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you'd like to suggest topics for us to discuss, or if you have any questions, find us at Goat Homeschooling on Facebook, on Instagram at Goat Homeschool, and email us at GoatHomeschoolingPodcast at gmail.com. Have a great day. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.